It's time for News Talk 720 KDWN's Ask the Expert Hour. Have a question? Call now, 702-257-KDWN. That's 702-257-5396. Welcome to Ask the Experts. My name is Brian Black. I'm talking to Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Brian. It's good to see you. How was your weekend? I had a good weekend. My wife was back in town. She was out for uh, the whole weekend, got back last night, and so it was a good reunion. Oh, very nice. Very nice. I, I, uh... I was out two days last week with the the super allergy, maybe a cold, maybe a, I don't know what it was, but uh, I feel better today, and the weather's beautiful, so we should have a pretty good show, I think. Sometimes staying down is a very helpful thing. Yeah, and and a little tip for everybody: we were talking about this right before the show started. Uh, you know, I cannot stress it enough. If you're sick, stay home from work, please, because. You don't want to make everybody else sick. So I, I didn't want to be that guy, and hopefully I avoided that. So Yeah, one person's proud. He doesn't want to ever uh, miss a day's work. He comes to, to work and shuts down the whole office for a week. Exactly. So yeah, you're doing damage when you do that. So anyway, today we're going to be talking about uh, asset protection, as we have often done here on Ask the Experts with Brian A. Lowe and Associates. Um, many times we talk about estate planning. Many times we talk about uh, medical planning. Um Looking over a little more into the business side of things, um, protecting your assets through the use of a corporation is something that I don't understand very well, to tell the truth. Um, the, the, a lot of people, and I think myself included, often consider a corporation to be sort of a large, mysterious entity of that, that uh, of of. Uh, just this big machine that uh, is, you know, acting as an individual. But I, I believe that it's it's important to to understand that corporations are just people as well. They are. They're made up of people, uh, stockholders. You know, some politicians will run down uh, corporations in the stock market and things like this. But but uh, uh, corporation has been an integral part of our of our culture for hundreds of years. Matter of fact, corporations were one of the very first asset protection devices that people used. And it started out in Europe and, and uh, trading between countries were, uh, was becoming more and more popular. One co country would make metal products, another one would uh, make uh, or have good f farm products. Mm -hmm. And so there were, was all this trade and and when they traded, they would have to move their product from one area of the country to another or from Europe to the United States or to right. South Africa or wherever they were going. And there were, there were risks in moving products around. And if you took somebody's product and were, had the responsibility and contract to move it, let's say, from, from England to the United States, okay. maybe it was a printing press, and the printing press company sold it to someone in New York, and now they have a company that was going to move it from New York, from uh, from England over to New York. And the boat went down. Now all of a sudden they were going to get sued for this, and and these companies, these individuals that were making the uh, these uh, products, would get sued. Right. And so they came up with a an idea of having a company, a corporation, um, which would give them limited liability. And so, what does that mean, limited liability? Well, uh, a corporation 
becomes the entity. The owners of the corporation, the stockholders, are just stockholders. They they don't own the company. They own the company, but they are not operating the company. Mm-hmm. So if the company is going to get sued, then all they can do is go against that company or that corporation. Right. And the owners, the stockholders, didn't have any liability. Right. And so this really protected some of these uh, earlier uh, investors who wanted to protect the assets that they had. They didn't want to get everything, I mean, lose everything on one transaction. Okay. And so that's what started it out. And this was three or 400 years ago. And so uh, it's evolved since that time, obviously. And they found that this was a useful practice. Sure. And, uh, you know, today, the, the use of the limited liability corporation, we see it all the time when you're at the end of a, a business name, LLC. Uh, how, can, how can we use that today um, in our just, you know, like our estate planning and our in our financial planning, how do what is the right way to uh, approach the idea of possibly forming a corporation to protect your assets? OK, now there, you've used the term corporation, you use the term LLC. Mm-hmm. Um, a corporation down through the time has evolved into a, a taxable entity. OK. And you could have this company that would be the operation operating company and they would make money and then the corporation the that that's a business mm-hmm. would have to pay a tax okay there <clears throat> evolved um this idea of double taxation so when the the corporation earned money, they would have to pay a tax to the government on that that income. And then if there was anything left, they would pay a dividend over to the owners of the corporation, the stockholders. Right. And then the stockholders, when they got their dividend, would have to pay a tax. And so there was this double taxation. And so people would use a partnership. The problem with the partnership was that every partner was generally liable for the acts of the partnership or even a partner. So if your partner in a partnership decided that they were going to go down to the to FedEx and ship something from Las Vegas to Albuquerque, mm-hmm. he's on his way and he gets in an accident. Well, he was in the process of doing something for the partnership. And so that partner who got in the accident is going to get sued. The business, the partnership is going to get sued. And the other partners that were partners with that person that got in the accident was going to get sued. When we come back, we'll be talking more about what happens in that situation on Ask the Experts with Brian A. Lowe and Associates. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720. KDWN. Welcome back. We're talking to Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe and Associates. And this week we're talking about asset protection using uh, corporations 
as your asset protection strategy. When we uh, just went to the break, uh, Brian, you were talking about the idea of a partnership and how uh, when you form a partnership that there is a risk of all partners being liable. The example you were that using as it was uh, a delivery from Las Vegas to Los Angeles. Can you repeat that, please? Well, if uh, let's say your partner leaves the office mm-hmm. and he's got a, a FedEx package right? and he's going to take it down to FedEx. And this has to do with the partnership business. Okay. He is now doing partnership work right. as he's traveling from the office down to the FedEx building. Mm-hmm. So as he goes, he gets in an accident. Now, who is liable? It, it, let's assume there's some liability there. Sure. Well, the, the partner who got in the accident, they're going to sue him. Mm-hmm. They're going to sue the partnership because he was doing partnership business. And he's going to sue all the partners within that business. And mm-hmm. so this partnership arrangement uh, did not bring uh, any limited liability. And so with partnerships, they decided maybe we should come up with a new type of an entity. And so they came up with limited partners. Okay. And with limited partnerships, there were two different kinds of partners. There were the general partners and there were the limited partners. And the limited partners partners were generally those that were doing the investing. The general partners were the ones that were doing the managing. Okay. And so when a partnership had a, uh, some liability problems, the limited partners didn't have any responsibility for the ongoing actions of the partnership. But the general partners were generally liable for every problem that that cropped up okay one thing about a partnership too is that uh the partnership is not a taxable entity with partnerships you were able to just be taxed once whatever earnings came into the partnership then the partners took their proportionate share of those earnings and were taxed on it okay and so you know here on one side is this partnership arrangement with unlimited I mean, with with liability. Right. And here's a corporation on the other side with limited liability. But on the limited liability side, there was this entity that was being taxed mm-hmm. and a double taxation. So the partners or the investors were getting taxed as well as the uh, corporation. That's right. The corporation okay. would be taxed at the corporate rate, and then the dividend would be paid to the, to the stockholders, which would then be taxed on the dividend. So okay. They had double tax. Over on the partnership side, you had limited liability, but you had to pay the tax. Right. So you got away with one tax. And so there evolved different entities. And one of the entities that evolved came through the Internal Revenue Code, which was called an S corporation. Mm -hmm. In all respects, an S corporation is a corporation under state law. Okay. It is a corporation, limited liability. But if you elected to be treated as an S corporation, what you were doing was making an election to have your corporation taxed as it were a partnership. Okay. So you did away with the double taxation. Okay. Well, that's good. That was good. Right. And so we're making progress. Okay. okay. And when was this? Do you remember? I mean, do this you know? This back in the 1913, somewhere around there. Okay. Whenever it was. <clears throat> Long time ago. Long time ago. And so, uh, you know, investors now would, would say, well, I want all the 
the limited liability that a corporation will give me, but I don't want to be doubly taxed, so I will go and be an S corporation. Okay. But the IRS decided, well, we're going to limit the ability of, I mean, who can be part uh, uh, stockholders in a, an S corporation. And they limited the number of stockholders that could be stockholders in, a, in an S corporation. Okay. So there were all of these limitations on, on corporations. Well, so was, that, was the purpose of that they didn't want all big business to become S corporations so to avoid those taxes? Or I mean, is, was it really just that, just to keep from losing revenue? Well, it, it could have been. I don't know all the facts of why they... Uh, made these limitations, mm -hmm. but as years went by, they loosened up on some of those um, limitations. For instance, a trust could not own stock in an S corporation. Okay. Um, a, a person that was not a citizen of the United States could not own stock in an S corporation. Okay. There were a corporation could not own stock of an S corporation. I mean, it was all there were all these limitations. Now. This goes back about uh, 40 years ago or so. There was a new entity that was being developed, and, and it was not something brand new because in Europe they'd use these, uh, these entities, and in Canada they were using the entities. But Wyoming was the first state that decided to have this thing called an LLC. Mm -hmm. And you brought this up a little earlier and an LLC is a little different than a partnership, and it's a little different than a corporation. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the LLC, you can make an election with an LLC. Do you want your LLC to be taxed as a corporation, or do you want that LLC to be taxed as a partnership? Oh, that's good. But either way, you're going to get some li limited liability under, this, under the state law of an LLC. When you're talking about limited liability, can you go a little bit more into what that exactly means? Is, it, when, is there a statutory limit to what you're liable for, or are you not liable for corporate business as an individual? You are not liable for the business's uh, debts, obligations, lawsuits, etc. Okay. Now, sometimes... Uh, People will try to pierce that veil, mm -hmm. that limited liability veil. And so over time, we've developed laws as far as uh, what a, that you have to do with a corporation, what you have to do with an LLC, what you have to do with partnerships to try to limit the liability. Okay. Because if you break some of these, these rules then people can pierce through that veil sure. and get to the individuals. Right. So if you've, if, you've been, if you've been basically, like you say, breaking the rules and not, not doing what you're supposed to do in the corporation, then, then you, know, you don't have the protection thereof. That's right. You, uh, uh, you need to have, I mean, if you're going to be a corporation, you've got to not just be a corporation in name only. Mm -hmm. I call myself a corporation. Right. But you have to do what the laws generally provide that you need to do. Okay. You have to do what you say you're going to do in your, in your uh, uh, bylaws of the corporation uh, or your 
operating agreement in an LLC. And if you deviate from that, then you're, the courts are going to say, well, you didn't, never treated this as a corporation or you never treated this as a limited partnership or you didn't treat this as an LLC. And so we're going to disallow that limited liability and have them go through because it's just your alter ego. It's, right. it's not the real thing. And so if you're going to do a, a corporation or an LLC or partnership or whatever, uh, you need to set it up properly. Right. Then you need to run it on an annual basis properly. Right. You should never co-mingle your assets with your, with your business entity. Mm-hmm. You uh, should not uh, uh, draw off of that entity uh, funds for you personally, mm-hmm. uh, because all of these things make it look like that entity is really your alter ego. So we're not going to allow the the laws to protect you from liability if you're going to treat it like your alter ego. When we come back, we'll be continuing to talk about corporations and their use as asset protection. We're talking to Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. If you have a question for us, Give us a call or a text on the Centennial Toyota Talk and Text line at 702-257-5396. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720, KDWN. Welcome back. We're talking to Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. If you have a question for Brian, give us a call or a text on the Centennial Toyota Talk and Text line at 702-257-5396. This week we're talking about uh, the existence of the corporation and the various types of corporation as asset protection. And we had just talked about the invention of the limited liability corporation about 40 years ago that offered advantages that previous incarnations of the corporation and the partnership had not offered. Now, is that the ultimate? Is that the is the limited liability corporation the pinnacle of what we've achieved in the terms of asset protection through incorporation? Well, I don't know if there's an ultimate. Every uh, there's there's a place for C corporations, which is a corporation that is a taxable entity. Mm-hmm. There's a place for S corporations. There's a place for LLCs, and there are a place for partnerships. Okay. And so, oftentimes, when a person comes in to have their planning done. I need I need to go through these different entities with them along and and listen to what they are interested in doing whether it's limited liability or whether it's how they're going to pass that entity off after they've worked for many years mm-hmm. uh, how are they going to sell that that business um, and uh, retire on it or right. how are they going to pass it on to the the next generation uh, some other taxable problems, for instance, in step up and basis. If 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 I have a piece of property, or if it's in a partnership, uh, I when I die, I get a stepped up basis, and the basis is what you paid for it, less any depreciation you've got on it, right? Or other adjustments, and so when let's say I've completely depreciated a piece of property that I bought as a rental property. Mm -hmm. And my basis is very, very low. But when I died, the value of it was very high. Right. And so when I die, by law, I get a stepped up basis in that property to day to death value. So now I don't have any, I mean, my basis is the same as as the fair market value. So if it were to be sold after I die, Mm -hmm. I don't have to pay a tax. Okay. 
So with a partnership or if I own the property outright myself, I get a stepped-up basis. But the property that's sitting inside the corporation, you do not get a stepped-up basis in that property that you put into the corporation. Right. And so it's a capital gain. So, well, the capital gain, you have a capital gain, but it's not realized until the corporation either transfers that property out to the stockholder mm-hmm. that brings on the capital gain or if the if the corporation sells it and the capital gain is a capital gain to the corporation which then has to pay a tax mm-hmm. and then if there's a, a dividend the, the uh, owners would have to pay the second tax or if it's an S corporation then it even though it may be coming out to the individual stockholder, right. there's still a gain when you take something out of a corporation. So uh, you you have all of this going on. And, and is there one best entity? I don't know if there is a best entity, in, uh, entity, but if in my looking at it right now, in most cases, probably the LLC is the best entity to get into. Okay. Because it does allow a stepped up in basis. Mm-hmm. You can make that election and step up the basis inside the LLC. And so you get that benefit. Any assets that are distributed out of the LLC are not uh, treated like a, uh, a dividend from a corporation that you have to pay a tax on. Right. So, you, you know, there's a lot of good things tax-wise and estate planning-wise around an LLC. So uh, most people that come in, though, will fall within an LLC, but some of them still. If they're only going to be an operating company mm-hmm. and that's all they're going to do and they have control of, of uh, uh, their bonuses at the end of the year, sometimes it's best just to go with, with a corporation and then we have hundreds of years of... Uh, of uh, court cases as to how a corporation works and and different uh, advantages of being in a corporation. So sometimes we will suggest going with a corporation. So everybody's different. Right. And it's, it's just like we always talk about, and no matter what we're talking about here on Ask the Experts with Brian A. Lowe and Associates, it's all about a plan. It is. Um, and it's all about that initial conversation where you, you ask what they're trying to achieve, and you make sure what they're trying to achieve is the the right way to go, um, or at least the most profitable, or the, the the will achieve the desired result. And you look at all the options. You know what's you know it's a math problem. Well, if I do an S corporation, what will I end up with? If I do a limited liability corporation, what will I end up with, or what will my heirs end up with, or what will the business end up with? And you know if you're if you're going to do that. What do you do? You ask an expert, right? Yeah, that's true. And recently we had a case where there is one of the children of the owner of the stock. The, mm-hmm. the, the stock owner didn't own all of the stock. He owned a 52% interest in a company. Right. And he had other owners owning 48%. But he, his business, since he owned 52%, was basically in control of that business. Right. And if he, he's getting to the point where 
he needs to think in terms of passing that on to the next generation. And, and if he distributes stock in that business to his various children, right. One child who has been running the corporation for him Mm -hmm. and basically takes care of it and has made it very profitable. They get a share of stock along with their siblings, but their siblings have not been active in the business. So the siblings want to sell. And if, if the 48% shareholder wanted to buy just 4% Mm -hmm. from that, that child, then they would end up being in complete control and taking over the operations of the business. So there are just lots of nuances that you have to consider when you are doing planning, even around a business. So what did you do in that situation? Well, what we did was we took the the business and, and in uh, his trust, we took the stock in that that business and put it into a separate trust inside of his trust. So mm-hmm. if, if the, if my client became incompetent or died, then that stock would be put over into a separate entity mm-hmm. that would be controlled by his, the one child who was basically running the business. Right. Okay. And that was to stay in, in that entity for as long as all of the stockholders, the, all of the children agreed that they were going to leave it in. Okay. If they ever decide to, all of them decided to sell, then the trustee of that trust, which was the son that was running the business, right? Uh, if they decided to sell, then they could sell it all. But no one particular one could sell their stock and throw the... the uh, Uh, control of the business over to the other group when we come back we'll be talking more with brian a low about asset protection using corporations whether it's an s corp whether it's a c corp whether it's a limited liability corporation if you have a question for brian a low give us a call or a text at 702-257-5396 now back to ask the experts on news talk 720 kdwn Welcome back. We're talking to Brian A. Lowe from Brian A. Lowe & Associates about asset protection through the use of an LLC or similar corporation. So um, you just mentioned something off the air, uh, another type of LLC uh, called a series LLC. What is that? Well, a series LLC is a special LLC. Not all states in the United States have series LLCs. Mm -hmm. Nevada is one of those, and there may only be eight or nine states that will allow them. Okay. Um, In a series LLC, it's like having multiple businesses within one entity. Okay. So with, uh, let's say you have uh, LLC, and now you want a series, have different series, you can say LLC Series 1. LLC Series 2, LLC LLC Series 3, etc. Mm-hmm. And these and are all different businesses under the same umbrella? Same business, or diff- let's say you're accumulating uh, uh, rental property. Okay. And so rather than having one LLC that has five different rentals in it, you take that LLC, make it a series LLC. So LLC series one has one property and LLC series two has 
the second property, et cetera. So that, and under the laws of the state of Nevada, if, if you're going to sue the, the LLC, you've got to sue the LLC portion that is the offender. Okay, so you so, would not be suing the entire LLC. No, you have to su- uh, sue that series, and the the liability then is only the asset in that series. Okay. And so everything is not at risk if you have set up a series LLC. Only that the assets in that particular series would be vulnerable. So that protects you from a lawsuit in the state of Nevada. But say, for instance, there's somebody from a, a state that doesn't have series LLCs. Are you still protected? Well, if you come into Nevada, you would be protected. Mm-hmm. If it's sued outside the state of Nevada, now it becomes a question of conflicts of law. Mm-hmm. Now, California does not have series LLCs, but Nevada series LLCs go into California and they have to register to do business in the state of, of California. Okay. But in California, you would ha- there's a uh, franchise tax on each business that you run in California. Mm-hmm. And in the state of California, you would have to pay a franchise tax, which is a minimum of $800 per year. Okay. Um, for each series that is doing business within the state of California. In Nevada, we don't have that. It's just one LLC, and they're the ones that would be taxed. Interesting, interesting. So, you know, when we're talking about the formation of a corporation or a partnership or or an LLC, uh, as far as asset protection, looking at it through the eyes of the average person who's, who's, you know, They've been working hard all their life. They want to plan their estate. They want to plan uh, their future and the future of their family. They walk into your office. What, what's, what's the process here? What do you do? Just like with overall our, our estate planning, we always take into account where they are, mm-hmm. what they want to do, how, who they want to receive their assets upon their demise. Do they have an exit strategy? Do they want to sell their business? Uh, And oftentimes that will lead us in certain directions, which even in selling a business that has expanded and has great wealth, but if you sell it because you started it on a shoestring, your basis in the stock is so low that it's just going to be a huge, huge tax that would have to be paid. So you have to organize that that, uh, sale and sometimes even using uh, charities, putting it over into a charitable remainder trust so you can sell the whole stock in that company, sell it all, and the and the charitable remainder trust does not have to pay a tax on it because it's a charity. Mm-hmm. But as long as you and your wife are alive or you, your wife, and your children are alive, you can get the income off of a greater amount, and you never pay the, the tax on it because it's wrapped up in a charity, but you get the benefit of the cash flow for the remainder of your, your lives. Now, how much does it cost to set up to something like this? If you're, you know, say you're the, the, the mobile detailing guy, you know, you've got a good business, you work hard all day, but you're, 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 it's just you and your truck. You know, is it, is it prohibitive? Is it worth the money? Generally, it is. Now, some entities are very, very small. Mm-hmm. And are not uh, capable 
of paying a lot for what needs to be done. But what needs to be done in in a very simple operation is not as great. So you don't have to charge as much. Mm-hmm. But the more complicated your estate is and and the more complicated your business is and what you're trying to protect, it becomes a little more sophisticated. Right. And the more sophisticated it is, the more thinking that goes into it, the more planning, the more documentation. And uh, I would imagine that this is something that has to be kept up over time as well. You don't just set up a a corporation on the front end and then just stick it in a drawer. No, you do not. Here again, if you're going to be a corporation, you've got to treat it like a corporation. It's a person. It's really, it's when they say it's a legal entity, that means it it functions as if it were a person. It has to to be fed and it has to be taken out once a day, I guess. Uh, And, you know... We always try to make sure that our clients treat it like a corporation. If if it calls for an annual meeting, we like to have an annual meeting in our office. If if they can't have it in an office, I at least want them to have it at Starbucks and go through the business and let us know what what happened in the the meeting. They they have to have a a meeting. So you would say, would you say that um, every business deserves to take a look um, at uh, possibly forming a corporation? Well, or some kind of entity, yes, mm-hmm. for, for asset protection, for tax purposes, for uh, estate planning, moving that asset to the next generation in an equitable manner, making sure that control is, remains. And, and also, if you're going to sell, that you get the full value. Well, you know, and I, I would imagine that anybody who's who's spending their time working to provide for their family, working to provide for their business, they need advice. And um, it, it doesn't cost a thing to come in and talk to you about what to do, correct? That's correct. Uh, if you have a question for Brian A. Lowe or you'd like to schedule an appointment with Brian A. Lowe and Associates, the number to call is 702-259-0002, or you can check them out online at southernnevadalawyers.com. And, of course, a free consultation, correct? It is free. You can just bring in your material, and you guys will have a look at it, and you'll you'll say, this is, this is what we think you ought to do. And then they decide. As always, it's a pleasure to speak with you, Brian. Thanks for being on Ask the Experts. Thanks for inviting me, Brian. We'll be back next week with more of your questions with Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates.